too many people are trying to get into trading to make money and you but if anyone who gets into trading to make money they're getting in for the wrong reason you should be in because you, you love the game or getting into it to make money immediately i think that you know yes make money long term but immediately that seems to be uh what i see sometimes among those who are very new they're just thinking oh i could go in there and make money really fast You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up and coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. It is me, Stephen Johnson, on a special episode with Kim and Curtin. And we've got a, a very, very, very poignant, relevant topic. And that is, when are you ready to start trading full time? And, and we're going to break this down as, it's not just like the basic, when do you think you're ready? It's, it's when do you think you're ready spiritually, physically, uh, mentally, consciously, um, and, and circumstantially, when, when are you financially. ready? Financially. And, and most important, when are you ready financially to get into day trading full-time? And of course, I've just recently transitioned. I, I think I, I, I started day trading full-time in August, so September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Coming into a year full-time day trading, wow. how crazy is that? I'm still here, I'm still surviving, I'm still doing it. There's been, there's been a couple of times that I've been like, oh, am I getting a job Fireworks. tomorrow? I'm like, I'm like going back to advertising. But, um, the crowd goes wild. But uh, yeah, I mean, things have been going all right. So I mean, we can reflect on some lessons, but I think just based on the last po- the podcast that we've just done, so I may as well pick up on it first. It's, it's when circumstantially... Uh, is someone, do you think, ready to trade full time? What's what's your answer? And I'll kind of I can, I can say what mine was after. Well, you know, we were lucky enough to interview Michelle Wooker, and she talks about a risk fingerprint that we each have a risk fingerprint or a risk profile, and I would say that. I'm hesitant to answer that question, Stephen, because now I'm really conscious after reading her book. Uh, you are what you risk. I'm really conscious to the fact that. What might be an appropriate uh, ruler for me may not be an appropriate ruler for another listener or another trader. Yeah, I mean, so the best way I can kind of qualify is from your own experiences is I would say when you when you're financially or physically ready to trade, it, it should be Tim Sykes always said it quite well. He says you should have made at least 100 grand. So you should, should have made at least 100 grand. Or if you like single, you should have made at least 50 grand in the market to prove that you can do it. So you, you need to be able to constantly generate uh, income. And, and, and a, a guy called Tango Baker, who I've actually had on the podcast before, yeah. he was saying you should have traded at least a full year. So you've seen the different market cycles within the year. And yeah. you should be able to trade through them all quite profitably. But the most important thing is, is, to make sure you've got a couple of years of, of money behind you because you don't know if, if something's going to go terribly wrong. You, you don't know if you're going to take a massive loss. Um, and ideally, as Tim Bono says, it should transition. So it should be, there should be like, so for me, when I did it, I had savings. Um, 
I had freelance work, I had good freelance contacts and I was making money. So I thought even like, even though me, me fighting me trading was making more, more than a full-time salary, that didn't matter. That didn't come into concern. I still yep. needed to have freelance that would at least equal a low full-time salary as well. Yep. Um, yep. And, and also Stephen, you know, you just said around, just around your own capabilities, making sure your own capabilities are ready for it. But I also want to say the financial aspect is so important because what if it has nothing to do with your availability, your uh, uh, awareness and your experience, but the market, like the market may not be where you and your strengths, uh, it may not deliver what you know how to do. We've heard for the last week or two, a lot of people are like, what the hell? So it, it isn't necessarily, even if you are hundred percent ready, what if the market changes? Are you prepared to handle and create revenue based on the way the market shows up? Yeah, like I said, there's like a gifted few who can make it in all markets. Uh, there's a gifted few who can make so much money in some markets that they're like totally coasting, coasting the other markets. But yeah, I mean, look, um, this last month has been tough. It's been a little bit slow. Um, November, December, January last year was, and coming into this year was extremely difficult as a short seller. The market was in a crazy long bubble. Um, so absolutely, like I say, it's, it's about really transitioning slowly and it's, mm -hmm. and it's, um, and when you talk about kind of consciously, when you get into the market, it's, you've got to be consciously getting in for the right reasons. You've got to be not getting in to make the money. You've got to be getting it because you love the game. And if you, if you yeah. love the game and it's just what you want to do eight hours a day, and it's not related to the money. It's not related to getting quick, getting rich, quick schemes, stuff like that then, um, then I'd, I'd say go for it. But too many people are trying to get into trading to make money. And you, if anyone who gets into trading to make money, they're getting in for the wrong reason. You should be in because you, you love the game. Or getting into it to make money immediately. I think that, you know, yes, make money long-term, but immediately that seems to be uh, what I see sometimes among those who are very new. They're just thinking, oh, I could go in there and make money really fast. And that expectation. But I just want to circle back to something you said and ask you about that. You spoke to a slow transition. So tell us what that slow transition was for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still um, I'm still picking up freelance advertising clients now. I mean, so for a lot of my months, it's um, like in terms of trading, I, I try and think of trading as bonus money. I try and think of it as like an extra hobby. Which, which come in handy because when I took a, a bad loss last month, I just thought, look, you've just won some money and then you give back some money and and that's it. Like your actual freelance salary, your actual side business, that is all that is all the regular income. Nothing's changed. So it didn't impact me life when I took the loss. And, and, and that's very important. And and until and I think with trading, like with Dan Irish, brilliant trade. I love the guy. Um he for four years was not not really making crazy money. I think on his third year he managed to make about eighty grand, something like that. Don't quote us; I'm not one hundred percent, but he didn't make yeah. a lot of money for the first couple of years. And then just over the last twelve months, he's probably made something like seven hundred, eight hundred thousand. Wow. So like there there are times where it will click, it will get lucrative, and you'll take off. But but it might take four years to get there. Yeah. So you just need to transition. It's tough if you've got a full time job and a full time income. Oh, it's tough if you sit behind a desk and your boss is behind you, but you've got to do it in stages. So like stage one is like trading when you can, when your boss is not looking, just get, get the grips, getting the field, reviewing it after and before, but it's true. And 
Stage two is trying to drop that contract to part-time or trying to change those hours or getting in on the night shifts so you can see the, the market open or switching shifts with someone if you're in a, wherever you are. Yeah. So then you're getting some screen time, but you're not getting all of the screen time. And then the third phase is like, if everything hit the fan, I could probably rely on trading, but I, I do not want that to be the case. I, yeah. I want to, I want to side income, even if it's a bad salary, even if it's a low salary, yeah. Yeah. I just need it there. So if I have to just live off that, it'll be a tight few months, but I'm fine. And obviously trading is going to boost it all the time. Right. But you don't want to yes. be relying on it. And then year three, year four, year five, all going well, you'll have that, that, that major click. In yeah. Your game. And how long did it take you? What once, once you started considering when you were still working at that ad firm, when you started to consider going full time to literally going full time, how, how much time elapsed? Oh, it was one of the hardest decisions of my life. Um, if not the hardest, when, we, when you talk about your, the hardest decision in, in, the risk, in the risk fingerprint, that was mine. Um, I spent, I mean, I, I remember I had a 10K a month in March and a 15K a month in April. And on that 15K a month, I'm like, that, that's it. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm out. I didn't think I was going to have 10 or 15K a month ever, every month. And I, and, I, and I haven't. They were good, favorable market conditions for me. But that was when I decided I'm making this change. It was it was that April or that March in April when I made the fifteen, the ten and the fifteen, um, and I didn't actually leave till May, June, July, August. I didn't leave till five months later because I, I gave wow. it another five months to make sure, yeah, um, that yeah. this was going to be okay, that this was going to work for me. And even then, I went part time for a couple of months. And and to be honest, in in year two and year three of me trading, I'm in year four now, and I've actually like gone full time, but with side incomes. But year two and year three, I went part time main income. Trading didn't work, and then I went full time again because I was like, God, I've I've tried to cut down part time salary. I thought I'd get trading by now. I didn't. I actually went back full time, and then yeah. went part time again, and then. But how wise of you to leave that door where you know because of how you did it, you didn't put a hard stop on that you gave it kind of like you gave yourself a, a window that if you had to go back you could that I think was genius well I had a very good boss I had a, a the boss of the company it was a small startup we got bought out bought out bought out over eight years I was the main copywriting guy for the for the full eight years so I had a very good relationship with him as much as I it was funny because they, they used to be, um, I should never say this in case I ever need to get employed again, but whenever <laughs> whenever someone didn't show up for work in the morning, it was people would say they were taking a Steve day. And I was having a Steve day and a Steve day was code word for out with pals, hungover, didn't show up the next morning, nobody heard from him. <laughs> but, um, but do you know what it is though? If you show up and you deliver and you do a good job. Yeah. The misgivings you, every once, every four months, five months, six right. months. That's right. The, the you, can be, you can be human once in a while, as long as the other times you're solid. <laughs> yeah, no, I was super solid. But uh, when I was off track, I was super off track, but only for a day, only for yep. a day. And, and never yeah. when there was a pitch the next day. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty powerful. So oh. what do you think, you know, so I love that you kept that window open and you started to see, okay, this consistency is not happening. I'm going to go back full time. What did you change about your trading 
in that interim before we get you to the going to it full time? Um, well, I mean, the thing for me is year one, I didn't know what I was doing. Year two, I found out what to do, but my risk management was absolutely terrible. I'd have to risk $1,000 to make $100, stuff like that. And then when, when everything clicked, it was a lot of data tracking, a lot of like studying. Like I tracked like 400 different tickers all with the same criteria as I figured out one single pattern that worked. And I was just repeating that pattern over and over. And then now that I've had the chance to go full-time, it's diversifying into all different patterns. So, so I think when you've got a full-time job and you don't have much time at the market, it's about just cracking kind of one pattern and just repeating it and making sure that you can make that money over and over and over to get yourself that extra time and flexibility to start venturing out. Cause you can only do what you can with the time that you've got. So, yes. but, um, but yeah, the, one of the other, but just to sidestep but one of the eureka moments for me was consciously as well though it's um before you get into, we we discussed this it was during a coach and it was um before you get into every trade why are you getting into the trade mm. you're getting into it because it feels good are you getting into it to to make money to to boost the serotonin are you getting into it because it's a good risk or road trade so you've, you've got to have the mental maturity as well and I, I still struggle with that sometimes you've got to have the mental maturity to so, so you get back into the full-time position, you start to perhaps get more in tune to what the, that pattern is going to be for you. And then from that point until you decide to leave, what, what is that window? How, how long did that last for? Um, no, I think, I, so, I mean, I, I, I was always trying, to, trying to, to live this dream. And then I think from March and April, yeah, it was about six months. It's about six months so I thought I'm... From when, so I, when I started making the big months, like the 10 and the 15K months, that was when I was yeah. like, right, I can do this. I can what do this. Clicked? What clicked that you, here you go back full time and then you go from an initial attempt back to full time and then to a complete departure. What was it that clicked for you? Um... Do you know what it is? In some ways, I don't, I, I never really saw the clicks too much as that happened. I just saw me profit and loss. I was like, whoa, I'm making $400 a day here. Whoa, I'm making $600 a day here. Um, but it was the data. Like I tracked all of the data and the data told us this stock with this volume and this criteria, it's happened 50 times on your Excel. You've tracked 50, 50 occurrences yep. and 47 of them all average this percentage of higher day from the open. So if it opens at nine, the high of day will be at, at 10, 10.30. And they'll all fail at this time of day, at this height, this, this percent increase. And when the data was staring us in the face, I was thinking, ah, my mind always, I always get tricked by the market. The candles and the emotion, I always get tricked. But when I take the emotion out and I just look at the hard facts and the data and the statistics that actually tell me, don't do what your brain thinks, do this. Don't chase here because the data says this. It says you yeah. need to get in here, so why would you get in there? So it yeah. eliminated greed. It, it eliminated the kind of worry and stress. It just gives the hard facts of what to do. And when I just followed the data that I tracked, Beautiful. S- s- started making money. And then I s- s- started trading more size because I kept on making money. And, yeah. and I've never looked back. And wow. sometimes I think I need to go back to the data because I, I, I don't follow it enough now. That's interesting. So data tracking it sounds like you're being really in a committed relationship to it. The data tracking is what made you see, 
enough consistency, enough profitability to take that risk to walk away. Yeah, that, think, that now it became less risky for you because you were seeing the data. Yeah, I think year one and year two, it was learning what the market fundamentals were, what the criteria were, what pattern fitted my personality. And then I just thought this, this pattern just came to us. I was like, this is the one, this is the one. How do I trade it? Yeah. Because yeah. it was very common. It was every day. It was nine. The, the pattern happened at 9.30, which was 5.30 in, in Dubai. And that was what time I finished work. So I could finish work or like I was working, to be honest. But I could log, I could switch at the end of the day, go into yeah. a conference room every day and, and, and find yep. So it was just the right pattern for the right time of my schedule. And it happened very probably. It was quite, it's quite a risky pattern, which suits my style, suits my mm-hmm. risk, personality. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I was just like, I was just like, holy shit, I found the answer. Like, holy shit, I've like figured out some, I figured out a, a, a passageway in the stock market or I figured out um, how something works. And, 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 it, and the data doesn't lie. And the rest of my time has just been trying to manage changes in the market, greed, getting over boredom, how to manage too much size, how to manage knock on losses, all of, all of these things that then the pattern doesn't show up for months. So what do you do? Like it's all, all of these things I'm struggling with now. Absolutely. What are some of the ways you're navigating the boredom or the overtrading, uh, you know, physically? Because we talked just now a lot about kind of the concept of the risk and some of the choices around your position. But what about your health and how you're navigating, you know, your own self-care? Yeah, and uh, I suppose that's a really important thing as well because when you're not like advertising was like 12 hours a day, 13 hours a day, and then trading on top and studying was four or five hours a day. So it was like 15, 16 hour days a lot of the time. And you're with work people and friends and everyone wants to do stuff. So to go from that to coronavirus in the UK with the free time, it's in lockdown, it's you've all of a sudden it flips on its head and you've got way more free time and, and way less. So and and you can you can kind of easily abuse that time and i don't mean abuse in a terrible way of like being strung out on cocaine or something like it's not like that yeah. when i say like abuse time i mean times it's the ultimate gift right and and yeah. you work for three or four years to get yourself in a fortunate position so at doing anything other than using your time properly would be abusing it in my opinion so yeah. So, so for me, it's the two hours in the gym, like two hours working out, making sure your health, body and mind is, is very good. And, and the 30 minutes meditation and, and the two hours study and then the two hours freelance and the eight hours for the market. Like that's how I try and chop up and structure the day. And isn't surfing part of your exercise oh, of course, now? Yeah, and surfing as well. Yeah, I've got a surfboard just around the corner, but I, my car broke down, so I haven't been going for a week, but. Uh-huh. What do you what do you find about the surfing? Does that serve you as a trader? What is it teaching you as for your trading? Um, look, I think it's it's the same lesson with with everything. Obviously, surfing's nice and it's been with nature, and you get a real natural high from that. Um, and and I guess it's a good metaphor for when you have to wait for the wave to come, and um, if you if you don't. If you take the wrong wave, you're just going to crash and burn. If you take half the wave, you're not going to get anywhere. You've got to just sit and be patient and wait for the right wave. And, and that's, a, that's a good direct comparison. But ultimately, every, every lesson in life is the same. And, it's, and I see with other people who are still making it in trading now. And it's, it's just, you've just got to repetitively put the work in. Over, like, that's how life is. Um, I, I always believe you've just got to re- repeatedly put two to three hours a day in over a couple of years. And you should get what you want. No matter what it is, you should get what you want. I mean, unless unless you're like 
don't have the genetics to pull the vault and you're trying to pull the vault. Do you know what I mean? But if it's something totally. more like trading and you've got the right kind of mind for it, then you you should get it. It's just consistent, consistent, repetitive reps. And it's the same in the gym. It's the same with surf and it's the same with um, trading. Let's just talk nutrition. It, do you find that your nutrition or, and or consumption of anything else has changed? Do you feel you're seeing evidence yeah, of that no, having an definitely, impact? Yeah, because I'm not eating the crappy uh, crappy takeaways at work and, and stuffing my face with shish, shish, shishuka and shish kebab and whatever the other um, Emirati and, and Arab dishes <laughs> off. That's stuffing me faces with with all that crazy food. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, just eating light, eating health. Like, I'm just trying to live my best life. I think um, I, th- I think it took us a while to learn it, but eating well, exercising frequently, doing things that make you happy, they all those have a compound effect. And and um, this Wim Hof kind of says it. I, I don't know if anyone said this before, but I really believe in compounding good things. Like I love yeah. compounding things that make you feel good. Like I know a lot of people compound drugs. I know if you've got like an illness or you're depressed, they'll try and compound you on different antidepressives. Like, like I mean, I, I strongly believe I've been through a lot of different things and I strongly believe that the best way to happiness is just compounding good habits. That's, mm. that's the way it's not. For me, it's not drugs. And, and I used to be one of those people that were like, ah, oh, you need drugs. And I'm sure there are some people that do need drugs. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's compounding, compounding habits that make you happy repetitively it, over time. Is that Atomic Habits? Is that from the Atomic Habits book? I, the guy? I haven't heard of it, but it's probably okay. the same. It's, okay. It might be the same thing. Where he talked, I thought he, he spoke to that in that book about, you know, the repetition <laughs> of those habits have this cumulative effect. Um, do you, so, so, okay. We talked a little bit about, and financially let's, let's just talk just about your ability or willingness to walk away from a full-time job. What's the context of your financial, you know, cushion? Like, do you feel that that also informed your comfort it, or willingness or everyone's, risk yeah everyone's different right so like some yeah. people have got parents that can help them like I, I never really had that many parents were like had enough to get by and not enough to give um a lot of people got rich parents rich family members I didn't have any of that but so it's it's so circumstantial and so individual yeah. it's hard to say but you just if you're gonna do it you need to make sure you've got another job or at least enough to 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 live another year or another two years, right? You need to have at least enough money yeah. that your spending habits are good for a year. Yeah, especially mm. if you have responsibilities to other people, you're single, you know, you're able to be as, it's gonna impact only you, not other people, if you succeed or not, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I nearly didn't even do it. And there was a lot of times I fell flat, but best advice my brother ever gave us was uh, always fall forward, never fall backwards always fall forward never and um and if you've got if you've managed to have this level of success which isn't crazy success compared to other people i've not haven't done that much to be honest but if you've managed to get where you are now working 20 percent capacity imagine where you could be working 100 percent capacity yeah and that was sure. that was one for of sure. the 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 shape and quotes that made us made us leave me job but but to kind of to kind of go full circle on it um 
it's you you've got to the the most important thing is making money for a 12 month cycle you've got to be you've got to be consistently profitable for a straight year after you've done that as long as you've got money in the bank to survive a year or a freelance gig or you can go part-time then do it like but that's the simple answer you don't need to watch the full podcast like that's that's the four minute answer do you know what i mean but we want you to watch the full podcast you can watch the full podcast but but like that's the four minute answer it's not even four minutes it's like 40 seconds 40 second answer. All right. The other piece that you spoke to was the spiritual aspect. Tell us more what you meant by that and what that means for you personally. Um, I mean, in terms of spirituality, it's, um, I mean, I don't think you have to be, I don't think you have to be spiritual, but I don't know, I guess you're just doing it for the right reason. Right. I think it's good to be spiritually in the right place because a lot of traders, They've got a lot of free time. It's easy to be disruptive. Uh, mm. So it, it's just good to be in the right frame of mind and, and investing your time in the right way. Um, but I mean, spiritually, uh, there's a lot of good traders who are, who are probably like not spiritual at all. So maybe maybe for that mm. one, it's it's not exactly well, for there, you. But, but I, this I is your like experience. To, yeah, tell no, it, tell like, us what what does that mean for you to be spiritual? You just speak to meditation. Uh, we've had lots of conversations about consciousness. Uh, you've talked about experiences that you've had, uh, even when, you know, there was a hallucinogenic involved where you found yourself in an altered state, you know, on a spiritual level. So what does it mean to you, Stephen? No, I mean, I just think, I suppose the big picture in life of why you're doing what you're doing and what you want to achieve is, is always very important. Um, again, like mixing spirituality and trading, it's, 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 my mind's changed so much over the years, but the, the end place where I've come to spiritually is that, um, and how I strongly feel is that the universe is huge. It's a gift from someone we don't know who, and um, we've just got to honor it, live it. And, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, I always question the point of life. I was like, what's, what's the point? What's the point in this? Like, it was a recurrence of what's the point in life? And I, and I, it just it came to us as just like it's just to live it and see it and breathe it and, and, and have every and experience every part of it and well and then my mind kind of went in peace but ever ever since then and I was like all right that's my mission and and that's where day trading comes in it's the enabler to live see breathe think feel and do um, every experience around the world and you have to do it as soon as this corona lifts I'm out as long as everything's going well in August September I'll be traveling and trading for a good six months eight months see some countries. Beautiful. beautiful. That's, that's the life you can have. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So if you are talking to your four year younger self, you four years ago, what would your advice to you back then be? Um, it's a good question. And I know there's a players tribunal and sometimes they interview basketballers and say, like, speak to your former self, like 10 years ago and see, see what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, my advice would be you're doing the exact right thing you're doing the perfect thing it's tough you're facing adversity you've lost some pals and stuff like that you you don't have as many friends as you once might have had and you've got to give up situations but what happened with me is I felt like I couldn't enjoy being with friends because I knew that what I wanted to do for myself was more important for this time and I'd only have to give up a couple of years and I'd, I'd have something bigger and better in the long term so the advice is just I would have probably said, keep doing what you're doing and probably do even more. Keep studying, but do even more studying than you already did. Like, because once that time's done, it's over. 
you know like when you put all the reps in at the gym or you go on the yeah. you do the training for the run once it's over it's over you've done it and in just one or two hard years working can set your life up for the next 20 people don't realize like the world's pretty lazy like you only have to work hard for a couple of years three years four years five years yeah. and that cushion is like for the rest of your life and you've experienced that as well right worked hard in wall street now you're living in hawaii living the, the aloha the chilled out life not completely chilled out not com- but you're doing what you love and you've got no one to yeah. answer to do you know what i mean Correct. I'm doing what I love for sure. Uh, And I'm also in a place, but that was also a choice, like for my spirituality and for my intellect, I knew I needed to get out of that kind of driving, go, 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 green energy of, you know, have to, must, everybody working, working, working. It, it was it was costing me in ways that I was like, huh, I don't think I want to keep paying that cost. But I don't know if I ever would have noticed that if I didn't get interrupted, right? My The interruption was the call to write the book. And the book and my needing to have quiet to write that book is what got me to Hawaii. And that was just temporary. It was just going to yeah. be a temporary house-sitting gig that when I was done with the book, go back. But I saw myself shift here. So it was like, huh, do I want to go back to the way it used to be? Or do I want to maybe continue? So that, that was unexpected, very unexpected. Yeah, but the, the one, I mean, I think it's probably good to leave it on this because it's, it's a good quote, but one very poignant quote, and the best quote I've ever heard by Steve, Steve Jobs, one of the greatest minds, and he says, and he said it in a Stanford address, he said, um, you'll never be able to connect the dots of your life looking forward. Um, lots of things going to happen. You're just going to have to go on your gut. You're just going to have to go on your intuition. If you, I don't, you didn't mention value system, but if, if your focus is on the right direction and you follow in your heart, you, you'll connect the dots looking back, but you'll never connect the dots looking forward, but you'll always, it'll always work out as long as you drive and your focus is in the right place. Yeah. And, um, and he referred to things like um, when he was in, what, what, when he was in whatever the, the college was that he was at or whatever, he took a typography class and then that typography class yes, created the right. first, the first font on the, on the map. That creativity, so, that creativity that really spoke to him. Yeah. So, so my advice to people is if you've got, if you've got that burning ball of energy and that bill and that burning ball of, of focus and drive, say, first of all, pat yourself on the back and say, congratulations, because you've got a gift that 99% of people don't have. Like you've, that, so that burning desire of, I know what I want in life. Like I know what my purpose is and I'm doing this to get it. And I've got relentless energy to get it. Um, that's something that very, very, very few people have. Most of the population Great. don't. So first of all, it's like, congratulations. You've, you've got yes. something, you've got a special thing there. Yes. And the second thing is go full throttle. That's what I would say. Just yeah. Go full throttle. And, and um, yeah. obviously don't be too hard on yourself. I know that comes up, but go as, go as hard as you can where it's, it's comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. The other thing too, that I've learned from Michelle Booker, uh, you know, you are what you risk is that she spoke to that very concept that if we feel really called to do something as you feel for trading, as I have felt for coaching, right? It isn't actually as risky as it would be if you didn't have that call. That also was eye-opening for me, that there are times when that level of calling that actually mitigates the risk because we are so passionate about it. So that also 
I think is really powerful for people who potentially have the outsiders saying to them, oh, what you're doing is so risky. I love the fact that your parents supported you and said, Talk some time. actually, this yeah. is, yeah. it took some time, absolutely, appropriately so. Yeah, but yeah. once they saw the results, they had your back and they were like, hey, what happens if you do give this 100% of your time? What changes? And, and you know, but that you helped contribute to their perspective shift. Your yeah. passion, your dedication, you over day in, day out, even in the midst of losses, even in the midst of things that you struggled with admitting to yourself or publicly about losses, like you kept staying committed and that had to mitigate their concern around riskiness because they saw how unstoppable you are. And I agree. I mean, I'd say, um, and it, it leads back to the, the interview that we've just, we've just done, but it's, it's not risky. If you may, like for me, I'm like, you might say it's risky, but if you may, it's not risky. And for you, maybe quitting Wall Street, the life coach, it's, it's for you, it's not risky. And if you're Alex Honnold, the crazy free climbing mountain climber, he'll say, look, I yeah. climbed El Capo yeah. without a harness and it was how many feet high? And say, might be risky if you do it. Might be life-threatening if you do it, but if I do it, I've gone <laughs> through those deadly. motions and those reps 10,000 million times. It's not, yeah, it's not very exactly. risky. I've got more Correct. chance of being hit by lightning or by Correct. a million other Correct. safer things. Yeah, so maybe that's the measurement, right? Ultimately, what you're sharing with those who are you know, beginner traders, like what you're you're giving them evidence of a, a template to perhaps consider for themselves. And I would do that, yeah. And, and, and that's what it is. It's I think what we've given today is um, some guidance. And, and like I say, for everyone, it's different. And you know, you know if you're doing something stupid or you're doing something safe. But yeah. if you're 18 and you're living at home, then that template is very, very different than my template. And yes, my template is very, very different to someone who's got two kids. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? For sure. So yep. it's, it's hard and to qualify. Age. but How old qualify. you are, responsibilities, financial commitments, uh, all of these things. And that's one of the reasons which drew me in to you guys in the first place. I was always so impressed with everyone from Tim Sykes to Tim Bowen to you to everybody here. It, the willingness and honesty of how the mindset and the expectations have to be, you know, really measured. I, I, I'm honored to be affiliated with all of you because you, nobody here is promising Anything. inappropriate things yeah that yeah, you guys no, are not. all cautioning everybody saying look if you're coming here with this mentality i see tim sykes's you know tweets all the time and he's like look this is not you're not gonna find it here so be sure that's not what you're coming for i think that's such an important message and i really just hope that the listeners listen to it like that's your, your story too, Stephen, is such a, it's a cautionary and inspiring tale. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and thank God I put the whole thing on YouTube. It was a, it was a good idea. It, it was, was a, a brilliant idea. idea. That was brilliant. I'm just so, it, it, that just shows how innovative and big picture thinking I think you you are and have probably always been and why what's serving your trading. So well done, man. So let's let's keep it up. And I guess if, if anyone wants to hit hit any questions in the in the comment box or leave their situations, then I can maybe 
I can, we can take a look at the comments, we can send some replies and, and I know it's a, it's a very individual situation. Yeah. So if anyone wants to like write, write any questions, then, then I can for sure jump in. I always look at them anyway, so I can jump in and, and answer anything there. That sounds awesome. This is a great episode. I think you probably gave a lot of clarity to people who have been probably asking themselves, is it time to go full-time into trading or when is that time? Or is that time even in the realm of possibility for me? I think you spoke to a lot of variables. So yeah, I'd be curious to see what people say about it. That's cool. And and thanks for the, thanks for the great questions as well. So And it, we'll end it on a serious note, but thank you very much. Thank you everyone for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. Uh, we've covered a, a good topic in good detail here. And, and as, I, as I say, we'll, I look forward to reading the comments and, uh, and thank you, Kim. And I guess thank you, Stephen, if I say that. <laughs>